Welcome to the Capital Inc. Shipping Podcast Series. I am Nicholas Bornolius, President of Capital Inc., and I'm delighted that today we're hosting uh, another very interesting podcast. Today's discussion will focus on the product anchor sector, uh, on the trends, developments, the outlook, the fundamentals of the sector, but also we are going to delve into topics of wider uh, importance for the industry, for the shipping industry as a whole. And we are delighted to have with us today uh, two leading uh, experts. We have Kim Ullman, the Chief Executive Officer of uh, Concordia Maritime, and we have also Ben Nolan, Managing Director at uh, Stifel. Both of them will have a discussion, again, on the product tanker sector and the current challenges and opportunities in shipping as a whole today. And without any further uh, delay from my uh, side, I will pass the floor to Ben and Kim. Please go ahead. Great. Uh, thank you, Nicholas, and thank you for this opportunity. And at least at least on my part, I don't know that it's fair to say I'm a leading expert, but I'll do my best. Um, uh, it, it, Kim, I'm very happy to do this, and um, I thought maybe it would be helpful if we start with you maybe just giving a brief uh, summary of Concordia and your position in the product tanker market. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. I'm Kim Ullman, and uh, thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm not sure I'm an expert either, but uh, I certainly work with it every day and, and see the ins and outs of, of uh, what's, what's going on. Concordia Maritime is listed in Stockholm, um, and uh, it is owned to 52% by the Stena Group. So we have the entire Stena um, sphere behind us. Um, and uh, we currently have uh, 23 tankers. Uh, 15 of them are uh, are um, product tankers, and um, uh, yeah, we've been around since 1984 uh, in this current setup, and uh, Stan has been around since 1939, and uh, I've been with the group, um, uh, the Stan group, since uh, 1983. So I've a long experience with uh, with tankers and with the Stan related tanker business, no doubt. And today, as you correctly said, I'm the CEO of Concordia Maritime. Great. Well, that I, I think certainly does make more of an expert than me. So um, now mo moving on to um, the topic for the day, specifically focusing on the refined product tanker market. Uh, I, I think for many investors, um, this one has been a bit of an enigma uh, and that we went through a period of time, really more than a decade, where uh, the product tanker market had a solid, steady uh, rate of growth uh, out, outside of the, the one blip in 2008, and um, the um, effectively nearly twice the rate of growth that you saw in the crude tanker market. But in the last few years, uh, it, it seems like the demand growth has just not been up to that same level, um, despite the fact that global oil consumption has been rising. Um, I'm curious if you can maybe um, give some color around what, what has been happening in the last few years uh, that, that, that maybe has caused that, uh, that disconnect. Yeah, okay, I'll try my best. And, uh, and uh, the, 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 the simple answer is that stock draw has killed it all. Um, and this is why, let's agree that neither of us are, are, are experts then, because 
you and I don't really know how the oil market is going to develop and who's going to stock up what and who's not. And, 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 and that dictates the tanker market to such a big degree. The, the regions around the world have been you know, pretty much full with products the last two, three years or since, uh, since um, 2015, 2016. And, and, and you know, when, when the fridge is full of milk, there's less need for, for the milkman. You know? He doesn't have to, to transport new milk every day. So, and that's what's been going on here. Um, stock changes are key to tanker market. The demand is fantastic. It's phenomenal. Uh, you can see the crude oil curves, you know, now um, rushing through the 100 million barrels a day. And, and, but you don't put crude oil into your cars. You, you do put products into your cars. Um, and and, and um, so, so the demand has been absolutely phenomenal. But when you stock up the way you did stock up in 2015 and first half of 2016, things were fantastic. Then, then you had demand growth rates of, of, of uh, you know, 5 to 10%, I'm sure, in the product tanker market. But, but then when you start to draw from the stocks, there's no need. You know, the, the, the demand figure for product tankers is, is going down because, not because consumption is down, but the people are in the consuming areas taken from, the, from their inventories. And that's in in a in a nutshell. That's how easy it is. Um, you know, um, I'm 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 pretty sure now when things have started to normalize. You know, we have since this summer inventories. Give it crude and or products. Give it everything. You know, been normalized through this five-year average thing. Um, and 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 in order for 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 the oil companies and these guys who were holding uh, inventories, not to deplete it even more, you know, um, they started to, to, to produce more, export more, ship more, and, and, and the negative uh, uh, marginal growth uh, for product tankers, I'm sure it's going to be back to the 5 to 10% demand growth again. And it's very, very hard, and it's, it's almost impossible to put an exact figure on it because what happens is you have these arbitrages opens, opens and closes, and you don't know, and there's no way you can and, um, can tell when when that is going to happen. But I'm pretty sure that I mean, if it's five or six or seven or eight percent increase in product tankers over the next uh, year or so, I'll give it two years at least. Um, uh, that that's where it's gonna that's where it's gonna be, and that does not rhyme with the overall oil consumption growth of a of a percent or two percent or something like that. This is because arbitrage has started. You start to ship it, and and you need to fill up uh, fill up the stocks uh, more. So stock change is is the is the answer to that. Okay, now that that makes sense, and and now with uh, at least. Uh, some stocks being low, there's just no, uh, there's a little room for um, depletion to continue, and, and a rebuilding of inventories obviously would help the product tanker market. Um, but uh, what other factors, specifically, you know, one of the things that I, I've focused on in the past uh, is uh, the development of new export-oriented refineries around the sources of. Uh, of oil production, how big of an uh, impact do you think that that refinery development has, uh, and and are you expecting that to be much of a driver in the next several years? Yeah, I think it will continue to 
just to, just to, to finish off the, the the previous question of because now we, we, what we've seen in the market now when 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 the exporting and the producing countries are you know shipping more oil we, we suddenly immediately or give it a month or two see it on on the tanker rates and that is what has happened and will continue to happen um, we come to the OPEC cut uh, later on, but to, to, to answer your question on that, new refineries and the change of new refineries, it is overall good. Why is it good? Well, product tanker market is, is, is uh, the crucial word is, is volume. We need volume. We need volume and, and we need new refineries. New refineries are fair enough. Um, instead of importing products, they are now importing uh, crude oil, and they make uh, refined products out of it. And from that perspective, it could be bad if it happens in China and in Korea and Japan. But it's not happening in Japan and Korea. It is happening in 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 China, but mostly and predominantly in the Middle East and and and, and India. And what these guys are doing when they build new refineries is that they they're not selling everything domestically. You know, they produce a lot of things, and they start you know producing things that they don't need, and it it starts starts again these arbitrage and new trades come up and and uh, and things like that so so it is it is it is a positive thing that new refineries are being developed uh, from from that perspective there's no doubt about that because it, it creates more 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 trades and in particular in, in the MR side for 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 the product tankers okay um, and sticking with the um, demand theme um, uh, later today, um, there is some expectation that OPEC is going to reduce their um, production a bit. Um, is that something that you could foresee having an impact on the refined product tanker side of the uh, business, or, or uh, how do you think um, OPEC action uh, might, might play out as it relates to the, that portion of the market? Yeah. Well, I've been I've been for years and years and years saying the same thing as everybody does in the in the tanker industry that you know more oil, OPEC oil is is good for tankers and 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 that still stands. So from that perspective, you could say that mm, less oil from OPEC is is is, is not going to be entirely good. But half jokingly, I say it's, I'd rather take an OPEC cut than a US cut uh, in, in production because it's longer transportation, longer uh, long longer distances. So that that that's fine, and that seems not to be happening. And and also this particular time around, I think it's a little bit overreacting. But who am I to say? But you know, because the inventories are relatively balanced as we speak. Um, so I don't think it will be a long-lasting um, cut. There's no need to have it for a year, year and a half. I think it's it's a it's a one-quarter thing. Um, and and they will start to realize in Q1 next year that. Okay, they cut a million, they cut a million and a half, and, and the inventories will start to get crucial again. And one should also okay. remember that one should also remember that that the the, the OPEC cuts, the likely ones, uh, uh, is the, the reason for it is that it's we have uh, high supply around the world, and and it's not because of low demand. So 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 uh, that's that's a comforting factor at least. And, and then one should also remember that the oil prices, the, the, the lower oil prices as it stands right now, you know, sparks of uh, good refinery margins, and the refineries are buying, uh, buying, uh, buying the crudes and, and producing the products. 
and making making a good margins as we speak. And and they need to do that, and they need to continue doing that um, as much as they can. They need to ramp up the production, and especially in in the um, during next year when when we have IMO 2020 coming, you know, just around the corner, and there is an enormous shortage of diesel around the world. Um, you know, the, the diesel stocks. If, if everything else is average, diesel stocks are way down, and the the, the American refiners are not producing it, and um, that you guys have, uh, have have the wrong crude for for doing it, and all of that, and and Europe is not doing it. So the people who will doing it do it is, is the Middle East and the the, the Far East and the, the the Indian refineries. So 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 there's there's a there's there's a there's a lot of interesting uh, new runs or trades coming up in, in in that well that's interesting and and just to follow on um the IMO topic uh ha- have you done any uh any math on sort of how big of an impact you think um the Im- implementation of IMO 2020 regulations are likely to be on the product tanker space uh, uh along with that are there any um, specific vessel classes that you think might be uh, especially well positioned to benefit, uh, uh, or, or any um, specific locations or anything of that sort. How, just curious if you you maybe can frame in or, or quantify a little bit more of the impact um, that the IMO 2020 has on product tanker business. Uh, no. I cannot. I cannot put a figure on it again. That there, it's absolutely impossible to do that. It's not even a million-dollar question, you know. So, uh, but you can, you, you can rest assured that it will increase the demand. Um, we have the enormous shortage of diesel in in, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, but you have surplus of fuel oil, and there will be fuel oil transportations and fuel oil shipments and blending. Uh, um, uh, cargos or cargos to be used for blending being sent from west to east, uh, being cracked down to, 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 to diesel and shipped back again. Um, to what extent? I mean, you can, you can read all the material you want about a couple of two, three million barrels a day and try to, to convert that into tanker demand, and it, it's going to be diff, uh, extremely difficult to, to, to do. But if this comes on top of, you know, a balanced market, pretty much a balanced tanker market in 2019, 2020, come 2020, you know, it comes on top. When things comes on top of, of, of each other, so to speak, you, you, you can see what, it ha- what, what can happen. I mean, look at the Caribbean right now, the, 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 the spot tanker MR rates are 30,000, 35,000, because... There's a number of ships being, you know, held up in 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 in, in bad weather. So um, I'm not going to put a figure of it on it on it, but but it is significant and it's um, uh, material. And whether it's five, ten, or fifteen percent uh, remains to be seen. One should always remember, even if I were to put a number of it on it, I had the 16 experts coming up with, you know, it's going to be 18 percent or so. You know, it's that doesn't mean that everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry can go out and order new ships because there's going to be an 18% increase in demand. Because it's 18 in, uh, percentage increase in, in demand for a short period, in such a case, for a year, for 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 six months or so. But it's certainly going to spark off some 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 um, some interesting um, new trades 
increasing demand for product tankers. And again, it's going to be significant, and whether it's 5, 10, 15, or 20 cents, I do not know. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, as you say, it'll, it will be interesting to see how it develops. But um, Now, if we could shift uh, to the supply side, I think um, this is an area where I know a lot of owners have been a little bit more um, optimistic. And it's, as you say, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to really pin down demand exactly, but supply is a little bit more transparent. Um, and, uh, and orders have appeared to be relatively low. There's been some scrapping. But um, could you maybe talk through what your level of confidence is in the market as it relates to supply and how, uh, how you feel about that? Um, I think it's been very sobering over the last uh, year and a half in people actually taking the ships out of the out of service um, at whatever age 20 plus um, and, and 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 that finance been been quite a phenomenal uh, uh, rate of scrapping uh, the last uh, year and a half as I said and I think that's going to continue um, there's very obvious reasons why why these this scrapping has us you know, um, come about, and obviously it is the bad market and the investments needed uh, going forward to to, to um, continue with the ships. Um, there's always at least two sides of, of every coin, as you know, and, and, and of course the flip side now going forward with, you know, increased markets and 20,000, 30,000 here and there. Of course, there's one or two that's going to extend the ships uh, uh, a little longer than, than, than otherwise was expected. Um, but all in all, to say one thing uh, out of the two sides of the coin, I think the, the, the recycling, if you will, is going to continue at a relatively high level, high pace, not the same as in 2017, 2018, but a reasonably high level. Uh, it is still quite uh, heavy investment that is needed um, for ballast water treatment or to take it through the port special and to take it through for special, I should say. And you have the, um, the, um, the higher bunker price uh, uh, that, that comes on top. So I so, um, still think it will, will continue um, um, uh, on, on a good pace. Okay. Well, and, and sort of thinking through, let's say, the removal of vessels from the fleet, uh, uh, particularly for some of the larger long-range product tankers, there is a trend towards um, some of those moving from the clean trades to the dirty or the crew trades when they get to, you know, around 15 years of age. Uh, is that something that you think is likely to continue, or or how do you think through effectively the, the life cycle of a product tanker within the product tanker business, not just necessarily its useful life as a ship. Well, I don't think um, I don't think a 15-year-old clean tanker will will uh, go over to the dirty side. Uh, um, in a way, if anything, it would be the other way around if it's kind of clean enough, so to speak, because um, because uh, you know it the, the these age restrictions that some of the oil companies have, you know, at 
the age of 15, they start to be either hesitant or not preferred, or in some cases not allowed to charter ships over 20 years of, or 15 years of age. I think it's a drag in itself. It's bad in itself, and 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 it should be uh, well discussed maybe at another forum. But but that certainly definitely goes for for the dirty ships, so to speak. Some of the old companies are saying, I can take a clean ship uh, beyond 15, but I can't take a dirty ship. So no, I don't think a 15-year-old clean tiger will go to the dirty side. However, um, you know. Um, what has been good with the with the with the higher dirty market as it is right now? You know all the the dirty or the 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 LR ones, the LR twos, but no, not the LR ones. The 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 Panamaxes and the Afromaxes and the Suez Maxes, they have all started their their their, um, their uh, life cycle with the with with the first cargo of, of big slugs of of clean products, and that we can see already now is changing. So they're not doing that. They jump straight into the to the to the crude market where they where they belong, and and that's good. Okay, great. So just to uh, just to kind of put a bow on all of this, as we as we look out over the next two years, could you maybe um, um, put on your forecasting hat a little bit, and uh, how, how do you see the product tanker market evolving, and and what kind of rates do you think are realistic uh, for you know, for, for product tankers, MRs in particular, but, you know, um, just as a proxy, um, given sort of the, the the macro supply and demand framework that you laid out. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, things are looking much more balanced. We know that. We've been through all of that. Um, we have the most crucial Part is the the uh, normalized uh, inventory levels, which is a foundation for you know a stable market going forward. It will go up, it will go down, and quarter by quarter and and changes. But generally speaking, it's it's reasonably balanced. We have high scrapping, we have low ordering, um, so it is a balanced market. In a balanced market. You asked for a realistic expectation, on, and, and, and that's the fun part with tankers in a way that nothing is realistic. <laughs> you can never put a realistic number on anything. Why should a product tanker make you know $8,000 a day for an, an entire year when he needs 16 in a bad market? And why should he have, well, and, and then conversely, he, in, in, in a good market, he makes 28 Still only need 16, and and these things are very hard to, to pinpoint. So, but the trend is definitely it's up. And with if if a product tanker this year made 10, um, to to put some put it in some kind of perspective, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be uh, high teens uh, next year, and and I'm sure it's going to be um, call it lower lower 20s in 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 2020. Oh, that's that's perfect color. Um, uh, I, that I think frames things in pretty nicely. I certainly appreciate your time. I don't know, Nicholas, if there are any last uh, bits that we m maybe neglected to cover that you think are important, but um, I, I think this uh, has been pretty helpful for sure. It has been very interesting, very detailed, and I think you covered uh, all points.
And Great. then I'll provide, uh, I will thank you both for being part of this uh, podcast today. And I'll provide a closing remark. Uh, I mean, we have reached now the end of our discussion. And again, thank you to both Kim and Ben for your insight and for the very interesting and detailed discussion uh, that you just had. Uh, I'd like to conclude by saying that the podcast is available on Capital Link's website at uh, www.capitallinkpodcasts.com, and also it is available on iTunes and Google Play. As we know, Capital Link aims to bring weekly podcasts on critical topics for the shipping industry discussed with industry leaders and decision makers as we did today. And that concludes our podcast. And again, thank you to both of you for being with us today. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.